Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Modern Retail Podcast. I'm Kale Guthrie Weissman, the Editor-in-Chief of Modern Retail, and this week we have Hallie Borenstein, the CEO of Reformation, and I'm I'm really excited. We're going to get into the nuts and bolts of, of sort of leading a sustainable women's apparel brand. I'm sure we'll get into supply chain, you name it. There's so many things I want to talk about, but Hallie, thank you so much for joining me. I am so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So um, first, I always ask everyone at the beginning of this, sort of, what's your story? How did you end up leading Reformation? Not on purpose. (laughs) (laughs) That's one way to say it. Um, So, you know, I always, I loved apparel and fashion, Um, you know, have a history of family who have done different parts of manufacturing and children's apparel. And so it was very much something that was um, core to me and what I ultimately always set out to do. Uh, you know, I came out of school um, and did more of like a general business uh, education because I was really trying to build a toolkit on how to solve hard problems and how to really think about the customer. And so spent a, several years in consulting, really doing, seeing a wide range of consumer businesses and, and looking at very different business um, sectors and problems, frankly, and opportunities and how we continue to innovate and grow. Um, and so that was a big portion of um, kind of my formative kind of years and figuring out where I wanted to be. But ultimately, for me, consulting wasn't um, as fulfilling because I always wanted to own something. It was a frustrating experience to build some materials or slides and pass it off and hope that that the teams really kind of execute on it. And so what that led me to was um, I went back to school to really kind of refine what I was looking to do and what impact I wanted to have on the world. And I came out of school. I went to a traditional retail company because what I realized was I had not had the experience and the benefit of learning uh, about how things have been done for so many years. Like there are some incredible people who have built big, amazing retail companies. And I really wanted to learn a little bit from them on, you know, what, how to get into a consumer's mind and, you know, how to really develop the best product out there. So I did that for a little bit of time. Um, but then, uh, serendipitously, 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 um, we, uh, I, met Reformation through LinkedIn. Um, and we started to have conversations and really talk about like what was working in retail and what's amazing about it. And then what are the opportunities? It's an evolving industry. There's definitely problems in the business model. And so started having those conversations about how can we address that and how can we build an organization that really takes the strengths of retail, um, but then kind of brings innovation and new th- ways of thinking to the industry. And so that's what Reformation was for me. And it attracted me. Um, and in particular, I think the, um, we had a, a small factory at the time and the, the way we thought about labor and work and how we value product that really um, resonated with me and kind of got me to move down and start this crazy journey with, uh, the team who was in, um, in place. Wow. So what year was it that you joined? 2014. 2014. So eons ago, like at least like three (laughs) other lives ago. Exactly. In 2014, what was the Reformation story then? So since, you know, Reformation was actually founded in uh, 2009. So um, it was founded always as a sustainable apparel fashion organization. 
Um, and really with the principle that um, you can make killer product that doesn't kill the environment. Um, that's kind of one of our slogans, and it still really reigns true. Um, it was a really small team uh, back then, and we were just we had some of the core principles of design and brand and sustainability kind of figured out, but we hadn't really accelerated it, grown it, um, or built a foundation at that point. Got it. And so we're, when you were brought on, what like, and what was your title when you were brought on? Director of merchandising. Director. So was this just about scaling, getting into getting more factories, figuring out how you would sort of figure out growth that fit with the, you know, the brand promise? Exactly. It was a lot about like, um, how do we think about line planning and assortment planning from a unique perspective? Like, um, we we built like a whole new approach to how do you how do you figure out the the best assortment that your customer wants, and how do you reach a, a wide range of customers? We never wanted to have like a very singular point of view on who that customer was. So a lot of work on that, and then a lot of work on expansion. We definitely are known for our dresses, and we started with our dresses, but today we have a business in denim and sweaters and shoes, and so a lot of thought went into. Where else should Reformation play? What other products can we be offering to our customer? Got it. And so what were sort of, you know, when you were leading up merchandising back then, what were sort of the big things that you were focusing on then? Um, So early on, we started looking into denim. Um, Denim expansion was an area we really thought about, especially from a sustainability perspective. There's a lot of opportunity in denim. So kind of what would be Reformation's approach to denim was something we, we spoke about and we worked on a lot um, we talked a lot about how do you have uh, different occasions or an assortment for different occasions in different parts of people's uh, lives. So everything from, you know, I want to go uh, out one night, right? Like having more of that, like going out edgy uh, assortment, but then also having more of a vintage feel. And what about um, when you go to dinner at Thanksgiving with your boyfriend's parents or whatever it may be? There's so many different experiences in our world that we want to make sure that we we were accommodating. Got it. Got it. And what was like, like, can, can you walk me through sort of the transformation of the overall business model? Because I know that you have many, many stores or not many, many, but you have, you have stores, but then you also have retail partners. And so what, like, how did you go about sort of figuring out which areas to grow, where you would be and, and how, what was your overall vision for that? Yeah. Yeah. So we're predominantly a direct to consumer business, uh, 93% of our, our, okay. our business is still direct to consumer. We actually started um, in retail. So we had three stores. And that's something that people don't necessarily realize about Reformation. E-commerce came after that. Um, when e-com was kind of starting to surge and people were really moving online for their purchasing, we f- we chased uh, building a website and really figuring out our strategy. But that came after our retail business. We, we did not introduce wholesale and partnerships until 2018. Um, and we've, today we have a handful. Uh, we use them for really strategic reasons, um, mostly brand awareness and really helping to expand our reach to new markets and consumers. Um, but it is not the, the biggest portion of our business by design. We really believe that direct relationship with the customer, that immediate feedback loop, that's super critical in what we do in, in enabling our speed and enabling our ultimate like assortment planning. Got it. Got it. So you became CEO in 2020. That's correct. So, yes. and it was an interesting time for Reformation, right? Definitely. 
So walk me through just like when you like a for the people who don't know like sort of it was you know it was if you want to give sort of the story of that and sort of how you sought to sort of regroup and and like lead as the CEO. It was look Reformation did a lot of things well throughout its time, but it was certainly uh, an organization that had made mistakes along the way, and so I think that the summer of 2020 really shined light on the fact that um, we we did not have enough focus on our internal people, um, our people strategy, and how we support our teams, especially as we are growing so rapidly with so many new locations and stores. And so we have a lot of work to do, and we've been very focused on that since. And so, you know, my role in coming into um, CEO, which uh, it, it was a really tough way to, to start that, um, but my my focus has really been not just on the growth of the business, um, but making sure that our team every day feels like they are um, heard and valued at Reformation and that they have a real opportunity to thrive. And that's everything from relooking at our values. We did that really early on to thinking about, um, you know, what does diversity, equity and inclusion look at look like at Reformation? How do we make sure it's something that, you know, every single day we are working and making efforts and getting better? It's not a Band-Aid that you suddenly fix, Right. And so how do we make sure all of our efforts, whether it be our marketing and our communications, as well as our team and our recruiting, um, really include these values and we um, exemplify them for our industry? And so it's been a lot of work, but you know, I'm really proud of the progress we've made. And, I'm, and more importantly, I'm really excited about the journey we're on as an organization. Absolutely. And like, so can you just talk about when you are, you said at the beginning that you did, you did not expect to be CEO and sort of how do you, like, how do you personally go through it when you're sort of in a, in a big time of transition and suddenly you're leading this company that everybody knows about? I imagine that's a, a whiplash at the very least. Definitely. Um, it, it's definitely, a, it was a, a really challenging time, but it was challenging for our society as a whole, right? Um, I, you know, I think, I think about all the people who were um, I interacted with during that time, and it was no one would had it easy. And so my story is just one of many stories. Um, I think for me, what fundamentally got me through it is I really believe in reformation. I believe in what we're doing, and I believe we have the opportunity to really inspire change in our industry, an industry that has been slow to to evolve, frankly, in my opinion. And so the opportunity to lead an organization that truly means to do well that has an incredible group of talent who are agile and creative and like can get through anything and passionate about where we are. Like that was inspiring to me and it helped me make sure that um, I was, I was doing the right things for the organization. Um, You know, I made sure I was learning during the process. I asked a lot of questions. I brought in um, great people uh, around me who, who can really help me to be better at, at what I'm, trying to achieve for the organization. It's not certainly, certainly not something I'm ever going to accomplish alone. Um, and I was really fortunate that I had incredible guidance along the way, and I still do. This team is, I can't tell you enough how amazing this team is. <laughs> it's always good to be part of a good team. I will say that's here at Modern Retail. Oh, it's amazing. I wanted to sort of zoom this out into overall fashion and apparel, because I feel like 2020, 2021 was a time when a lot of companies sort of were tested about their brand mission. And you said that you like you had to retool with Reformation. And so how do you go about it in a way where you, you where I feel like this is both 
in terms of there, there are so many different things. There's questions about sustainability. There are questions about internal culture. And I feel like a, this has been something that a lot of other brands have been dealing with, some better than others. And so how do you, as a leader who, like even in marketing speak, but also in dealing internally with your fellow colleagues, how do you go about sort of trying to go about practicing what you've always been preaching, I guess? I think it's... Um... It's a great question. And I think it is all about walking the walk. I think, uh, you know, a lot of the frustration and the, the anger that we all felt was there wasn't enough action. And so um, my commitment to, to the team at that time was work with me and, you know, let's see how we do this together and watch, watch the effort, watch the impact. And so I think, uh, we have been really focused on one trans- transparency and communication. So, you know, not every decision is an easy decision, especially when you're in COVID and the business is down, right? But I will share with you why I made a decision and why the leadership team is thinking about something in a, a certain way. And hopefully being on that, that transparency of the why can really help to ensure that there's alignment and trust that's being rebuilt because we had a rebuild trust for sure. Um, and then the second thing I'd say is just accountability. Um, you know, one of our values as an organization is own it. And so, you know, there's times when things will not go perfect. Um, there are times when, uh, you know, we, you know, we didn't uh, hit our sustainability goals or we had, uh, you know, major concerns and we only address some of it or whatever it may be. There's so many different things. I think about our sustainability report, you know, every, every quarter, just like big companies, they have 10 Ks and they report their earnings. We report our, our impact, our sustainability report. And I think that transparency and that, that accountability that we offer of what went well and what didn't is really critical to our team and to our customer and, and, um, we've built a lot of trust because of that. So let's talk about 2021. So the last year, what were sort of your major pillars for the last for for the last year? What were you focusing on in terms of growth and also just you know all of the things that we've been talking about earlier? Yeah, I mean, look, 2021 was still m- way more COVID uh, focused than any of us anticipated. Um, even now, I, I you know I would have said 2022 wouldn't have been, and it's still you know the health and safety of our team was the most important thing we did. We shut our stores down for most of Q1 in 2021 because it was just surging at that point. And, you know, that is a commitment we made. Our team is is the the most important thing. Um, coming out, as we saw a bit more stabilization in 2021, we did see the business kind of come back, which is wonderful. Customers really um, started thinking about uh, reformation and how we could be part of their lives. Um, and I think the conversation around sustainability in 2021 was way more um, prominent than ever before, right? Like coming out of COVID, it gave us all this moment of self-awareness and understanding how important the why and where my product come from comes from. And so I think uh, as sustainability became more prominent, uh, our Reformation's track record and values were um, at the forefront of that conversation, which was really great to be able to help have that that dialogue with our consumers. Um, so we really focused on just one stabilization and, you know, stability of the team. Um, obviously, uh, growth was a, a big topic for us. And I'd say when we think about growth, there are a lot of different areas that we're focused on. 
um, shoes and accept, uh, like accessories overall product expansion is something that is really critical for us. So we relaunched our shoes in 2021. Um, I, I'll tell you, I think objectively it's the most uh, sustainable dress shoe out there right now. I am incredibly proud of the work the team did to, to build a much more sustainable supply chain. And let me tell you, because there's so many components in the shoe, it's really challenging to do that. But the team did an amazing job. So expansion and product was a huge um, area of focus. And then I'd say expansion uh, in terms of geography is also a huge focus for us as well. Um, we we have stores in in three countries now. We ship to over 90 countries. So we really believe that Reformation should be a global brand. Um, and can you know our mission is clearly to to bring sustainability to everyone. And so we want to make sure we we are providing our product and we are accessible to everyone. Mm-hmm. So you said earlier that, was it 96% of your sales are DTC? Is that correct? or uh, Low 90s. Low 90s. Uh, and does that include the stores or are the stores in that? Uh, okay. So like, was it a huge impact when in Q1 when you had to close the stores or was the did the digital business somewhat able to make up for it? Or I guess people like, what was the overall impact of the business in that first part of, of Q1 of 2021? Definitely. I mean, yes, stores are really critical for what we do. So we definitely took a, a financial hit for it. Um, it was the right decision. I stand by it. And, you know, I, it made sure we are kept our teams safe. But, um, yeah, you know, the, COVID had real decisions. Like the decisions you made in COVID were really not great ones. You, were, you had two tough options. And so ultimately we, we used our values to make those decisions. One of those values are people focused. And so that kind of really, um, guided where we landed. Uh, but it was it was a really challenging time for sure for Reformation. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Talk to me about the product expansion. How do you go about, A, choosing where you decide you are going to do a new product, specifically because as a company that is so focused on transparency and sustainability and sourcing, like it, you, it requires a completely different, not a completely different, but a, a, a lot of different suppliers, a lot of different factories, like all of that stuff in order to make a quote unquote sustainable shoe when you're just, when you were before we're making a dress. So how do you go about a figuring that out and b deciding that the financial impact is worth it such that, you know, it, it'll, it'll pay dividends down the line. Yeah. So I, I always go back to, to what does the customer want and what are they saying? So we think a lot about where does the customer believe or Reformation should be growing and what other opportunities are there from us from their perspective. Um, we asked our customer clearly. We sent out surveys. Multi- every year we send out surveys and multiple times a year um, we're talking to our consumer. And they clearly said to us, you know, we would love to see shoes from you. There's not a sustainable option there. And uh, we really think it would actually, your aesthetic would lend itself to a really cool, great product offering. So we also think about the how hard would it be in the lift. Uh, but ultimately, when I go back to our mission, the reason why shoes is so hard, because you're 100% right, we had to build a brand new supply chain. And the reason why that's so hard is because it doesn't exist today. And so when I go back to our mission to bring sustainability to everyone, that's even more inspiring to me because we have this opportunity to fill a real white space and a real void. And frankly, if Reformation is really good at solving hard problems. And so if we can solve this problem, we can actually help other brands along 
And that's really exciting to me as well. So there's definitely financial implications. You make less money and um, it takes a long time to get into something like that. But from a long-term perspective, being in a new category where we can have the greatest impact, like that's super exciting to me. So uh, talk to me how how the category has had an impact. Are you, w- with your, you know, few retail partnerships, is that where you showcase your shoes because you want people to know they exist? Sort of how, and how has growth been? So today our shoes are only available in our stores and online. That will um, likely change in the, the coming year and we'll be selective of how we do it. Um, but uh, we've been really focused on, in the first year, figuring out our product market fit and really figuring out the supply chain piece to make sure the fits are really good and um, the speed in which we work is similar to our other parts of our business. So there were a lot of learnings we had to do. The cust- the, the business is, Reformation is very much like test and iterate. Like we're very willing to try something new. If it doesn't work, oh, well, we'll, we'll pivot. And we do, we have that mentality in almost everything we do. So with shoes as well, like we want to launch it, make sure we're learning as we're getting better and getting better as we go. So the first year was amazing success. It did more in its first year than any new category we've had, um, which was ex- really exciting. And, um, you know, we have big aspirations for it. It's a product that I think can meet so many customers across the world in different occasions. So there's really an a inherently inclusive nature of it as well. And so I'm very um, excited about the prospects for, for what shoes can do to our business. Cool, cool. Um, let's talk about the marketing side, because you said earlier something that I, I think is true and I think is interesting, which is that 2021, it felt like that was when the conversation about sustainability really reached fever pitch with consumers. And so how did you, did you alter, change, retool your marketing in terms of, in a way such that you felt like you could more adequately speak to people and tell them exactly what you're doing? Did, were you, or did you just sort of continue with what you've always been doing? So our approach so far has really been to continue what we're doing. But the interesting thing is it's much more of a two-way dialogue than it's ever been before. So when I started in 2014, we were making Instagram posts about social, uh, on social media. We were making posts about sustainability. The engagement levels were low. Last year, if you look at our top posts, many of them are about sustainability. And I think that's amazing to see how quickly our, our customer has really evolved and how passionate they are about the, the cause. And so I'd say, if anything, having more people engage and think about it has just given us more um, emphasis internally on making sure we are putting as much innovation, we are driving innovation and investing in this area um, faster than ever before. And frankly, like, you know, we all look outside and, you know, one day it's raining, one day it's snowing, one day it's sunny. Like things are changing on this planet, right? Like there's a real problem. And we, we believe today more than even in 2014, how critical it is. And so we don't have time to wait. And so we're just investing as much as we can time, energy, resources in making sure that we are really all behind the cause and that our impact um, both from the product side, our people side, our planet side, you know, we're making the greatest impact on our our world as possible. Out of curiosity, just because there's been also a big shift, like channel wise, and you mentioned Instagram, and I think of Reformation as you know a kind of brand that probably historically has done great on Instagram. But are you is Instagram still your number one platform? Are you guys do you guys do anything in TikTok? I feel like there's a lot of interesting sustainability talk on TikTok, and also, but it's 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 very different from you know what. I, I I don't know if I grew up, but like what I've seen on Instagram for the last five years. So what are you doing in that regard? Yeah. Um, 
I'm personally spending probably more time on TikTok than I should be. It's like, you know, at night you're like scrolling. It's, 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 um, it eats your brain. You're just like, keep going. <laughs> it's crazy how, I mean, I can just be on it and I learned so much. Uh, but, you know, today Instagram is still our, our primary channel. Um, we have a really wonderful, dedicated following. We have a great conversation with the, the customer on Instagram. Um, but for sure, there's momentum moving towards TikTok. It's becoming increasingly important. And so we're doing the work right now to figure out, you know, what does that level of engagement look like? What does that dialogue look like? Um, so we're in the middle of that work right now. But I think to your point, the the source and the, the platform for the communication and the conversation is changing. And so we're making sure we're we're kind of changing with it. Yeah. And are, I mean, like, do you do a lot of paid stuff on Instagram or is it just mostly you guys have such a following and it usually always does well? Um, we do have, uh, we do paid uh, marketing as well. Reformation's unique in that we are predominantly organic. So we're a pretty heavily organic business, um, which is probably one of the, the things that we, we're really proud of because our brand really has resonated and we focused on that. But certainly, I mean, I'm sure after this call, you will find an ad that will follow you around the internet, right? Yeah, my, fo- um, my phone is we've all had that experience. <laughs> <laughs> like, so are you seeing given the changes with Instagram specifically on the paid side, is that impacting your marketing or is the organic still mostly, mostly still driving it? Like, are you feeling the impacts of like, you know, iOS 14 and all the things that that's going on with Facebook or not really? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, the iOS stuff is, is real. You just see it in like how we've had to rethink about how do you do audience targeting and um, what expectations you can have out of those platforms. So for sure, we've seen an impact. I think we're very fortunate that we walked into a lot of these changes with it being a smaller portion of our, our business and that some other DTC brands. And so, you know, in those situations, we have other levers we can rely on to make sure that we're communicating our message to the consumer. Um, but for sure, I think that the paid world is evolving meaningfully. You know, I think I don't know enough of this. There's much smarter people on my team who can talk about this in more detail, but um, the algorithms are changing. And so, uh, you know, how we, even if we do an organic communication, what's being serviced or served up to customers is definitely evolving. Um, so that's all very real. But my focus with the team is really to just make sure we're, we are delivering the right brand message consistently and regardless of platform, regardless of how you're doing it, I think ultimately that's what um, where we wind up with the best outcome. Can you talk a little about, because, you know, this is all on the DTC side, and you mentioned how you, you have a very small percentage that are with your your wholesale partners. How do you go about that? Like, what, what is the overall strategy? Is it just purely brand awareness? And sort of where do you pick and choose who you partner with? Yeah. So we have different buckets we think about for partnerships. So one bucket that's really critical for us is sustainability. And so it may be like we did a partnership with Blue Land. Do you know Blue Land? I know Blue Land. The little, gla- yeah, sustainable uh, cleaning products. Exactly. Yeah. So cool. And you're like, what does Reformation have to do with Blue Land? Right? But like we found like a really cool like um, clean, uh, laundry detergent that we were selling with them. And so there's a sustainability bucket that I think is so critical and so much fun too, right? It's just like a, a little bit... Different to, in a different way. Did they have to change their packaging for it to, to make it fit? In we, store? we redesigned the packaging together. Like it was still like the, their, their, um, tablets, but we, we had different marketing and packaging. It was beautiful. So it was so cool. I was, I was really proud of that. 
Um, then we have a, a bucket that is more about just brand and it's, you know, elevated, what will elevate the brand, what will continue to, um, who, whether it be individuals or different brands, like how do we make sure we're showing ourselves well with, you know, our values, our ethos. Um, and then there's one also about just expansion. You know, how are we making sure we reach a new, a uh, new consumer? Well, then the Blue Land, what are some other partnerships that you're, that you've had that, that sort of speak to this? We did New Balance. So we did, um, we helped New Balance actually build one of their most sustainable sneakers. I think at that point they hadn't really done a lot of work there. So, um, that was a really successful, uh, collaboration and, um, was, that was a lot of fun for us to do. I think that was 2019, I believe. Um, so we've done something with them that was a, probably the best example. And so what is sort of the strategy now with retail stores? You know, you had to close them last year for a little bit. You opened them back up. Are you doing more openings? Sort of how are you strategically thinking about that? And how is that going into this year now with with more growth um, on the way? I love retail. Like, I, I love walking into a store. I don't, do you still walk into stores? I mean, like, yeah, yeah, yes. I, that's, I was just thinking, like, have I been into a store recently? And yeah, and I, I enjoy going in them and browsing. I've not done it for clothing in a while, I will say. I'm still a big advocate of retail stores. Um, I think they are so critical for getting to know a consumer and building a relationship. Like, what's more, what's more effective than walking in and getting to know why, what does reformation mean? Why is it sustainable? Like, let me feel the fabric. Oh, wait, this is, this is a regenerative wool. What does that even mean? Right? Like there's no better way to engage a consumer and build a really meaningful relationship, in my opinion, than through that retail experience. So, you know, I think retail is incredibly uh, important still, but the role it plays in the larger ecosystem in terms of consumer relationships and direct to consumer, I think that's really evolved. And so when we think about where to put a store and why to put a store, I think it needs to be also with a, a mindset of the e-commerce site as well and how these two um, channels play together, right? Like no customer sitting there being like, I'm a e-commerce consumer for this brand and I'm a retail consumer. They're just saying like, how do I shop? And, you know, I want, oh, I, I really like that, those pair of jeans, but I don't know what my size is. I'm going to go on into the store and check it out. Right. So I'm very focused on making sure that we have a very seamless experience across these channels. Um, and we, we have a digital based store. It's a tech driven store, which is different. And I can tell you all about it. But what's really nice about that is that there's much more of a seamless experience with our e-commerce platform. And so you don't feel like you're having two very disjointed experiences when you're with Ref and my hope is that we can continue to invest and innovate in that experience so it keeps coming together more and more. So regardless of where you're shop, you're, you're a Reformation customer. So does that mean you're investing more in iterating and making the stores more seamless with the digital experience, or, or you're also investing in opening more stores around, around the world? Both. Okay. So we've, um, even this year, we've already opened two. We just opened Portland and La Jolla, um, Shoreditch in London. So Lots more coming. Um, we, we really believe in having more stores. And then within our store experience, we also want to continue to innovate on it so that we're really building the best experience possible. Uh, so given that you're such a digitally integrated brand, and I feel like every brand has a different formula for this, and I feel like yours might be interesting, but like, what is considered a success when it comes to a store, specifically if you view it as such a branding 
place? Is it is it that you see more people searching ref in a certain location? Do, do they need to be profitable unto themselves in order for you to keep them going? Sort of how what do you view as the metrics of success of what is a good reformation retail store? Definitely. Um, so we do look at profitability. I think it's important that stores are profitable. Inherently, in the idea of being a sustainable business, you're only sustainable if you make money and fund yourself and scale yourself. Um, you know, I, so one of our core values has been to be profitable in order to reinvest and continue to scale. Um, that same principle applies to the way we think about our performance in our retail stores. But on top of just do you make money, it's also how many new customers are you meeting? Um, that's really something we look at that's very important. Um, and you can also see the impact of your e-commerce business in a certain market when you open a store. So sometimes what we see is you get a lot more traffic to the site. So a lot of reformation, what's that? I'm going to go check it out online. But then conversion comes down because more people are going to the site, but they actually come into the store to purchase. And so you see how nicely these two platforms can play together and um, build a kind of meet the customer with where they want to be. So, uh, you know, we look at success of the store in, in a ton of different ways. We're also always looking at um, customer service levels. Was the customer really happy when they left? What was their engagement like? So there's a lot of different ways that we can define success for our retail stores. Got it. Um, well, we're almost about out of time, but I, I want to ask just a few more questions. But one is just a pretty, like, broad one, which is, like, you know, you, you mentioned that more stores are going to be open on the horizon, but what are sort of the, the big three buckets that you're you're focusing on for, for this year in terms of the growth of the company? It's definitely a continuation of some of the themes I shared from 2021. So product expansion is going to continue to be important. Um, shoes, are still the biggest driver of that expansion. And um, we're working really hard to make sure everyone knows we have shoes and making sure we have the best shoes possible for, for um, to offer. The second is geographic expansion. Uh, we, our brand resonates really well globally, especially with the sustainability message. And sustainability is um, a conversation that's been around longer in, this, in some other geos outside of the United States. Um, and so making sure that, um, our brand is as prominent as possible on a on a broader scale globally. Um, and then lastly, it's kind of just the, the channel, making sure we we are accessible to a broader range of customers. And so whether that be new stores in different markets, um, whether it be just making sure our communications are, are broader, um, those are all things that we're thinking about to to really continue to accelerate and propel our growth. Got it. And so last question, I promise. But like when you decide <laughs> to go into a new market, how do you decide that that's the market? Given that you're in so many markets and you have, you know, stores and some are in, you know, the same cities. When, when are you like, we're going to enter this new country or we're going to enter this city that we've never been into? Is it just based on web analytics? Is it just based on customer feedback? Is there something you need to get you over that tipping point? There are so many different inputs and you just named so many of them. So um, you got to look at them all, right? There are certain places where, you see online that there's just much more interest coming. So there's an emerging customer base that you want to meet. But then there's areas where reformation is no one knows what we are and haven't heard of us. Um, and you look at competitors or you look at sustainability and the progress being made there. And you're like, well, maybe there's something here and maybe we need to invest further. So we think about that as well. Um, 
to figure it out. I'd say that there's not like a clear one, two, three calculation we do. We're thinking about um, several different inputs and then also opportunity, right? Like the market's are really challenging right now. Finding the right real estate is really challenging. Finding the right team. And so there's so many different things that have to kind of come together to make sure uh, we have the best offering and experience as possible. But we're really using as many different inputs as we can to make a good decision. Well, Hallie, this has been such a great conversation. Thank you so much for joining the program. Thank you for having me. And thank you for listening to this episode of the Modern Retail Podcast, a show by Digiday. If you haven't already, please do subscribe and send this podcast over to a friend who you know would enjoy it. See you next week.